Boy, I'm telling you what, if you're not ready to worship or ready for the Word after that, your wood is wet, amen? There's no help. Thank God that Jesus paid it all this morning, amen? That's why we're here. That's what we do. Why we do it is all because of Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross for us. Not about you working, not about how good you are, but about the blood and the redemption that He has available for everyone, amen? And it's available to everyone this morning. I'm gonna, I tried to stop last uh, a couple Sundays ago when I was preaching. Every Sunday we're putting a new rock up here. Everybody's looking at these rocks on stage and they're going, what's these rocks up here? Well, we started off with God's Word the first week. And then uh, I tried the second week to do worship. Let's do this. We're not ready for prayer just yet. Because we're going to go to part two on worship. It was hard for me to preach one Sunday on worship when you're giving heart worship to him. But in Joshua chapter 4, when the children of Israel were crossing over the Jordan River, uh, after they had crossed and God delivered them out of Egyptian bondage, and now they're into the promised land, he commanded uh, 12 men from each tribe of Israel to go down and get a rock, bring it up on the side of the bank where they were camping and build a memorial. They stacked the rocks up into a memorial. And, and everybody said, well, what does these stones mean when we stack them up? He said, because your children and your children and your children and past generations, future generations, are going to come by and say, man, them rocks are there because God delivered my mom and dad. What a better memorial that we can have today that we can look back and say, hey, God delivered you from something. God saved you, amen? Or God brought you or give you a healing or whatever he, he placed in your life. We all, we all need memorials in our life. We need landmarks that we can go back to. Because there's times during the week that the old devil comes at you and he, he, he's like that roaring lion as First Peter talks about. And I need to go back to that landmark and know I, he may, I may drift, but the rock is still solid. Amen? And I need to know how to get back to that landmark, back to that memorial where I was closest to Jesus Christ. And, and one of the closest ways we can do that this morning is through worship. Through heartful worship. And, and I'm going to preach again on worship this morning. If you have your Bibles... Uh, let's open up to Luke. And, Michelle, I'm going to start in verse 37. I know I give you a lot more of that. Luke 19. Start in verse 37. I read the whole one the last couple of weeks ago. I'm going to read just the last three verses. Jesus was coming in through the Passover. He was riding a donkey, uh, coming into town. They were laying down palm leaves. They were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. They had their hands raised. They were worshiping the Messiah as he was coming into Jerusalem. And here's what, here's what happened. It always happens when you get real heart worship. Some, you're going to have your naysayers. And most of the time, they're church people. It's not the world. And as, as, as they came down, these Pharisees, I want you to look at said in verse, verse 37. It says, Then, as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. What greater thing that we need to praise God for, for his mighty works. God has blessed you. Amen, church. Has God worked mighty things in your life? Amen. All of us has a praise that we can give that, that God uh, either brought us through or is with us or whatever it was for his mighty works they had seen. Then in verse 38 they said, Blessed the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And man, they're just, just imagine the scene now. They're just worshiping and they're singing glory to God. Magnify Jesus as he walks by. They're putting down palm branches. And, and I believe some were kneeling, some were standing, some were quiet. Some had their hand raised and some didn't. 
but they, but they were all worshiping Jesus when they came by. And then the Pharisees look over and they see this commotion going on because it was loud. Uh, when you worship Jesus, you, listen, you can't say praise the Lord quietly. Amen? I don't know anybody can say praise the Lord. Glorify Jesus. Amen. I told my amen brother was back this morning. I was glad he was back. See, there he is. He's back. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I'll tell you that if they should keep silent, these stones would immediately cry out. Heavenly Father, we just love you this morning. Lord, teach us about worship. And Lord, give us a heart for worship here at Pleasant Hill. It's not about what other people think, how we worship, or how they tell us we should worship. Lord, we need a biblical way to worship you. And Lord, it's a way that our soul connects to the one that created us. There's no greater feeling than the feeling of worship when we're connecting to our Savior. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you just have freedom to move this morning, touch hearts, change lives, Lord, and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship costs you something. I read this. I want to read this little story about this man coming in. Worship always costs you something. Matt said it a while ago. We have to sacrifice or we have to be broken when we come in here. Amen? We have to give something on the, on the altar. Uh, Jesus Christ, give his life, guys, so that we would be able to have freedom to worship in this house. I mean, he, listen, if Jesus give his life for us, he wants us to worship and enjoy it. Not to sit around like you've been baptizing lemon juice every week. I mean, look like you're saved, that you enjoy, that you're a child of the one true king. He, he wants us to, to enjoy our worship. Now, there's times to be reverent. There's times where there shouldn't be a big amen. There's times when, but see, the Holy Spirit, if, you, if you're listening and close in an intimate walk with Jesus, he'll prompt you to be quiet. There'll be times when there's a holy time and there's a holy hush over the place and we're quiet. There's a time, though, that we need to celebrate. Just as they were doing as they were coming into Jerusalem, there's a time. And listen, I always call Sundays here on Sunday morning a celebration. I don't know about y'all, but the weeks I have sometimes, I want to come into God's house and just celebrate His goodness. No matter what anybody else thinks, or looking around, whatever, how every church worship different. I, I, I love this how God gives each church their own personality, and, and and this is the personality that He gives us. And they know their preachers half off anyway. So, but look at this: it costs you something to worship. After being away on a business, a husband thought it'd be nice to bring his wife back a little gift. How about some perfume, he asked the cosmetics clerk. She showed him a bottle costing $50. That's a, bit, that's a bit much, he said, so she returned the smaller bottle for $30 bottle. That's still quite a bit, the husband replied. The, the clerk was getting annoyed, and so she brought the tiniest bottle of perfume she had, only $15. What I mean, said the husband, is I'd really like something really, really cheap. The clerk now was really annoyed, and, and so being annoyed, she moved to a different part of the counter. She selected what she thought was appropriate, and she held it up in front of him, and it was a mirror. Amen? 
Listen, worship, when we come in here on Sunday mornings to worship, to get us focused on worship, it's not cheap. The freedom that we have to get to worship, it didn't come just cheap. You say, well, my mom and dad raised me in church, and I was brought up in the church. And listen, Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross of Calvary so that we have the freedom to worship him every Sunday. Not just on Sunday morning. You can worship Him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, wherever you're at. If you are a child of God this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the privilege and authority to boldly approach His throne of grace at any time you want to. You don't have to call the preacher. You don't have to call the best friend. And and Lordy B, don't get on Facebook. All you've got to do is kneel where you're at and go and have the privilege of going into... Listen, that's why Jesus died on the cross and the veil was rent from top to bottom. So that man didn't do it, that it was made by Almighty God. There was a separation there between you and God. And so when Jesus came and gave that ultimate price that He shed His blood on the cross for us, the veil was ripped and God was saying, no more is my people, no more is my children going to be separated from me. I want to walk and I want to talk with them. I want to fellowship with them. I want to know what old Tim's doing at the butcher shop. I want to know how bad the week is or the good the week is. I, I want to look over at Will down there at, at Erickson's windows and just see how annoyed he is. And he's really about to pull his hair out. That he can just stop wherever he's at and just be still and know that I'm God. He looks over at Ryan sometimes during the week and says, Ryan, you're having a bad week, and you're, you look frustrated. You're pulling your hair out, or half of it. <laughs> I want to help you. I want to come. I want to be your comforter. I want you just to be still and let me take over the situation. Or when you're at home and you and your wife are maybe having marriage problems. I know that don't happen in churches. It only happens to the worldly, to the lost person. That's why there's about 68% of Christians today getting a divorce. Is because you can't save your marriage in this building for two hours. This two hours will help you get your marriage going in the right direction. But it's ultimately, you've got to go back to what the veil did for you that brought you close in an intimate walk with Jesus. He wants you to worship Him. And there's times when you're, listen, when you're desperate, when you're hungry for Jesus, you don't care what people say, what they're looking at. You may be having a nervous breakdown, and sometimes all you can say and say, well, Brother George, I can't say a great prayer. All you've got to say is Jesus. 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 I have no answers. I don't know what to do, Lord. Just Jesus. And what, what, what peace will come in and come over your spirit? How many of y'all's got teens that are you just can't control? Let me have the secret then. My goodness. Nobody raised their hand. Y'all got great teams. Amen. Mine must be the rebel. Y'all show me what y'all doing when we leave here. Because I don't know about y'all, but when they get to a certain age, they get smarter than mom and daddy. Am I the only one who experienced that? Thank goodness y'all scared me to death. And so there's times I need God to come in in my relationship with my kids and, and give me peace and, and teach me how to pray with my kids. You know, more than just him seeing his daddy preach on Sundays, but pray for him. We was at crickets last week, eating. 
And uh, we both got a burger. He pulled up here. Me and Hunter went down and got a burger. And he, he was sitting there holding his hat. And he had his hat like this. And, I'm, and of course, I'm talking to everybody that comes by. And, this, and he's just standing there. He's just sitting there looking around. I said, what are you doing? I'm waiting on you to pray so we can eat. And so I, think, I said, thank God, 20 years old. He still knows we need prayer to thank God. That's a part of worship. What a great, what a fabulous time. Listen, you want the presence of God to come into your homes? It's not going to come through some great famous CD, worship CD, or, or listen to me at home on your uh, YouTube or whatever, any preacher. It's going to, listen, the, the presence of God will be ushered into your home when you circle up and join hands with your family at the table or, or before they go to bed and you just pray for them babies. You just pray for God's care over them, and you just, you'll be amazed at the peace and the presence of God that comes into that room. You say, I don't know if I said the right words. The Holy Spirit will speak to your children's heart in a childlike faith and let them show them more love than you could ever give them. He'll make it known to your kids, too. This is the power of the Holy Spirit working in your family. And so it ha- worship starts off with your love for Jesus Christ. People that love Jesus, worship Him. People that just go to church on Sunday and give Him week- weekend visits, I like to call it, they don't worship. But when you're in an intimate relationship daily with Jesus and you're calling upon Him, you worship. You can worship going down the bypass. You can worship Him on the job, at your cubicle, in your office, under a house doing plumbing. we got some plumbers in here. Carpenters. Man, you can just hit that nail and name it Jesus. I mean, get the beat going. You can worship Him. Wherever you're at, He has given us that, that what great opportunity to worship Him. And what worship does, worship gets us ready for heaven. Did y'all know that? I, I don't think a lot of churches know this today because if they were getting to heaven and God showed them, if God just... Bear with me. Imagine with me, okay? Imagine we get to heaven. God puts it on the screen of your church that you've been going to all your life worship. He says, guys, y'all really missed out down there. Let me show you what my angels are doing and what the people are doing in heaven. We're not floating on clouds playing harps. We're not dusting our wings off. We're worshiping. We're celebrating the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the world. And, and worship gets us ready for heaven. And, and sometimes I just wonder, are we really ready for heaven? Because we don't worship like it down here, amen? I mean, I, I go preaching a lot of places, and, and, and listen, we're good here. We're, we're, we're smiling and ready to worship, and, and we all got problems. Amen, we're all messed up people. I don't care any person in here, I don't care if it's a deacon for 40 years, or you've been on this church row for 50, you've got problems. And the time that you stop realizing you think you can handle your own problems is when you mess up. But as long as, listen, time, listen, as long as you know how old you are, how young you are, that you need Jesus Christ, our lives go a lot smoother. Smoother. But we don't get ready for heaven. I mean, one of these days, guys, everybody in here, I'm going to give you one fact. We are all going to die. How many agree with that? I want to make sure y'all know I'm preaching truth. 
One out of one, they're going to die. I mean, we're going to die. And, and, and I, get, I, got a problem. I get to, I don't got to. And that's another way. You get to come worship, you don't got to. Amen? I get to preach tomorrow at a funeral of a lady that's 84 years old that knew Jesus as her Savior and really was the backbone of her family of leading them. It may, I'm telling you, it makes it so much easier. I get to go in there and preach, and we actually really do get to celebrate her life. Because her life is not in that casket or, or wherever. It's in the arms of Jesus worshiping him. At that present time when I was speaking, she was worshiping. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You don't so sleep. You don't stay there to the rapture. You don't stay in there till Jesus. Listen, absent from the body, when you take your last breath, boom, your first next breath is going to be in glory. Isn't that great? That's great. And that's what gives families peace. That's how the God of all comfort can come and comfort a family. Uh, when, when you know that they're a saved child of God and they're going to heaven, the family can rally around each other and say, we're going to miss her. We're going to shed tears. But what a family reunion that is in heaven. I can't wait till I get there. I can't wait. I'm going to shock all them people. They say, man, you run around and preach down there and sweat and hot. Wait till I get to heaven. The only thing about it is I won't be the only one. You're going to be left out. Because we're all going to be worshiping and shouting and praising and falling on our knees. Listen, the word worship comes from a word called proskunu. It means to bow. It means to lean forward. It means to kneel. All that is is that means we're taking our pride in ourselves and putting it to the side, and we're humbling ourselves in the presence of Jesus. Whether it's on your knees, whether it's your hands raised. In the Bible, they would lay prostrate. When's the last time y'all laid flat out on the ground and worshiped Jesus? I haven't seen nobody laying out on the floor here in church. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. I get this all the time. This right here is not a denomination. Every time people come in our church, they raise hands down there. They're Baptists. We don't sit on them. We raise them. Amen? There's nothing wrong. It's not a denomination. It's that you're praising God and honoring and glorifying Him. That's all it is. See how things can get thrown out of whack and the devil can get in the middle of some of the craziest stuff and hurt us and draw us away from true worship? Kneeling, prostrate, laying down, raising hand. They shouted in the Bible. They praised the Lord. The Bible says they magnified Him. Magnified the name of the Lord. They glorified, magnified the name of the As long as we're worshiping Jesus now, it's, it's about Him. And so when we get to heaven one day, that's all we're going to be doing for eternity is worshiping Jesus. Worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. How many of y'all get tired and ready to go home at worship service? I know some of y'all, y'all don't do it too bad here. Y'all don't look at your watches all the time. I wish you'd hurry up. We're going to miss dinner. But I feel sorry for them folks that go to some churches that they got, if they're not out by 12 o'clock, we're calling a preacher. It's five after. What's wrong with him? He knows we never go that long. I don't want to be by them people in heaven. Because I got news for them. We're going to worship past 12 in heaven. It's going to be for eternity. 
forever and ever and ever and ever. I want to read in, in, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Put that one up there, Michelle. I love, I love going to Revelation and reading about heaven. There's nothing but joy. There's nothing but gladness in heaven. And I think, listen, we need a little of that heaven poured into our churches today. If we claim to be saved and we say, hey, we're the church, we need to act like the church. Everybody says, well, the world is full of sin. And that's the problem in them because the world's full of sin is because the church stopped being the church and worshiping Jesus Christ. Sin is always going to be out there in every generation. Technology is always going to be there in every generation. But the church has stopped being the church. I remember my, I remember my grandma talking about going to church as a child in Baptist churches and hearing them shout, hearing them clap. Now we're too dignified for that. We got to hurry. We're on time strain. We got Facebook. We got, we got Twitter. I don't use it. We got all this stuff that people get on. You can get the news in five seconds. Something happens around the world, you'll know it in five seconds. We, we, we live in such a fast, fast, rat race world that we've allowed our church services to look and smell and act like the world. Look, what, look what's going to... We don't have a back one, huh? Then I looked as I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. I'll let you math people figure that out. Then I looked, then saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I could go on and on reading whole chapters like that. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands in heaven are worshiping the Lamb. Worshiping Him. And so, worship, you have to discipline yourself to be a worshiper. You, you Worshiping, listen, God, did y'all know God created us for worship? He wants us to worship Him. And so, to get ready for heaven, we need to start worshiping down here. When we focus, when our focus is on Jesus, we come in here every Sunday morning. When we come in here every Sunday morning, our focus on Jesus, we're going to have a worship service. We are going to have a worship service. I read about this lady this week. You're talking about death and, and heaven. There was a lady, I, I had to tell you all this. If you can't, you, you need to be funny every now and then, amen? Or not, some of y'all need to loosen up. There was a lady that, that had a heart attack and they rushed her to the hospital. And as they had her on the surgery table, she had a a dream come to her of God, come to her in a dream while they were operating on her and said, you will not die. You're going to live 25 more years. And she was just so happy in her dream when she came to and, and she recovered from her heart about two weeks before she got out of the hospital. She said, well, God spoke to me when I was in surgery and told me I was living 25 more years. While I'm in here, I'm going to get a tummy tuck. I'm going to get a facial I'm going to get my eyebrows, my hair. I'm going to get stuff put here and put there and sucked here and put there. 
I'm getting a whole new me. And they did. They worked on her, fixed her up. She got out of the hospital about four weeks later. She's walking out of the front doors of the hospital, going across the street to catch a bus. And as she's going across, a car comes over and just runs right over. She dies instantly. She gets in heaven and looks at God and says, You told me I had 25 more years. He said, Lady, I didn't even recognize you crossing that street. <laughs> Amen. God will recognize you in heaven. Amen? Y'all needed to laugh. The second thing that worship does, when we worship here at Pleasant Hill, it creates unity. It creates unity. When Listen, I'm not an expert on Bible. I need to know a lot more. God's showing me a lot more. I'm not a deep theologian. But I have passion for Jesus. I know a lot of deep theologians that are, I can blow the dust off of them. Passion for Jesus. And I'm not deep, but I've been around church. I was born in church, raised in church, got married in a church. (laughs) I'm pastoring a church. 48 years later, born in church, still in church. And there's one thing I do know about church. Most churches that are having problems and are splitting and people leaving and everything that's happening and they, they're bickering back and forth over the nitpicking littlest, littlest things that don't mean nothing. If you could peel every layer back on that church, the number one thing is they don't worship together. I know we always hear a church that prays together, but listen, I got a new one for you. A church that worships together, that was weak. We ain't going to stay for six more months, guys. Come on. A church that worships together, that's better. Run the devil out of here. Act like you mean it. A church that works together stays together. That's why they're having problems with that attitude of worship. They're not focusing on, you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. In church has got to be, Jesus is the main thing. How many agree with me in the back, back there? How about in the corner back there? Y'all ain't sleeping, amen? Ross, how about it? I just met Ross over. Raise your hand, Ross. We've got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And if we keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus, we're not going to do nothing but just draw closer. The Spirit will just draw us together. And together, and together. A church that worships together. Now, what, what do you say? When we, I'm talking about a church that comes in on Sunday mornings and doesn't have people looking at each other across the aisle. Well, I sure don't like that dress she's wearing. He could have wore something better to church. He's wearing blue jeans. And they got them holes in them. Well, they may, they're just going to heaven. Amen. Keep preaching. It's not about what you wear to church. I tell people first time, they're first time worshipers, here's their number one excuse. I don't have a dress. <laughs> wear your blue jeans and come on. Well, that, isn't that, isn't that, that's not reverent. Listen, they need to come to church, get the Word of God, and let God deal with what they wear. Amen? But you first got to get them in the house of God, in the Word of God, and get them stirred up by the Spirit of God. You can't say you're not welcome here. 
Because you dress different or you look different. You got an you got a nose ring, ear ring, tattoo. What would have Jesus have done, guys? Really? If Jesus was in our churches today, and the hurting, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, the lost, the wandering, walked in most churches, would Jesus tell them, when you fix yourself up, come on back? This is why the Pharisees were angry with Jesus while he was preaching on the three and a half years. He should have been up on front on the stage in the temple in the church. He wasn't on stage in a church building nowhere. He was in the streets sharing the gospel. Amen, Carl? Sharing the gospel. He wasn't in a church building. Now, there's times when we, God designated this for corporate worship. Amen? Hebrews tells us about it. Go to Hebrews 10, 23. Read it in 24. Forsake not yourself for the assembling of yourself. God wants us to assemble together as a church, as believers. Because we need to encourage each other, not tear each other down. I mean, I mean, if this man here just last week, I'm just using you for example, okay? He's going, oh, my Lord, what's he going to use me for? If he went in for and hadn't got a bad doctor's report, and he come in here, his spirit's going to be down. He don't need to come to a church that pushes him on down. He needs a church that's got the main thing, the main thing, which is Jesus. He says, brother, we love you. We want. Would you come up? We'd like to circle around you and lay hands on you and pray for you. Man, we know you've had a hard week. That's what churches are for, to love and encourage and edify and build up each other. The world can tear you down quick enough. The church needs to build you up. That's why I come here. That's why I preach. I want my sermons to be an encouragement to you. Not only to be all fluff, I want to convict and move and see the Holy Spirit transform your heart, your ways, and your direction. But we're here to encourage each other by focusing on Jesus, worshiping together, keeping the main thing the main thing. Y'all say that with me. That's, we're going to say, keep the main thing the main thing. Ready? Keep the main thing the main thing. And who? what is the main thing? Who is it? One more time. I didn't hear you, Bob. That's, that's my father-in-law. I ain't touching that one with him for a boat. He'll get me when I get home. But worship unifies us together. It does. Man, when I see y'all, when invitation time comes, and, and, and this is being taken out of most churches today, altar calls. And if you want to talk to me at the services, I'll be in the foyer. If you need to be saved, just come by. We'll take care of it. I want to invite Pleasant Hill today at the altar call. I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to invite you into the Holy of Holies where you can experience His presence and His peace and His anointing and He can touch you and you can leave here changed. I can't change you, but Jesus can. I can lead you to the one that can. And we need to have, sometimes, sometimes in churches, we come in sometimes all crippled up from the week. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I, you know, oh, oh, Tim, mind if I use you? It don't matter, I'm going to. I know you better than him. Can I tell you your diagnosis? Okay. Tim been going for tests. 
They've been testing for MS. The first test came back that as he went over, he took a spinal tap. It came back. He was all good. He called me. I, called, I was talking to him on the, on the, on the, on the interstate. He was, he was sitting over there. Man, he was chuckling. He was laughing. Tim can laugh. You get Tim out in a bass boat on Lake Washington, and he'll talk your ears off. Because I've been with him. God has used Tim in a great way. Tim is so quiet. Him and my wife, if they went out to eat dinner, they wouldn't even be able to talk. It would be quiet. I'm telling you. He's very quiet. But the Holy Spirit has been working with Tim over the past six months. He come to me one day. Brother George, you don't mind. I, I would like to bring the devotional at the men's meeting next month. Boy, I felt like Fred Sanford, man. I was. <laughs> Tim wants to give a devotional. And I said, you bet, man. You give it. And he said, I really don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to write. I'm, I'm going to pray about it. I said, you go into your holy of holies, and you get God's word, and you just pray, and he'll reveal himself to you. Your spirit will bear witness with his spirit. And Tim came back, and, and, and uh, what day did we go get him done? Oh, we had a men's, all the pastors from Hot Springs came here for prayer. And uh, the, Tuesday, the Thursday before the Tuesday, and Tim already had it done. I looked down in the seat. We went down to get donuts that morning real quick for all the pastors. And as he's come back up 7, when he's going down 70, I looked to my left there on his console there in the center, and it was a notebook. Notes, notes, notes. He had been off sick for two weeks, and just him and the Lord got in their prayer closet. He got his holy of holies right there, and God started giving him words, and he started writing. And I was reading it, and he said, well, read it, Brother George, see what you think about it. I wanted to ask him if I could borrow it and preach it one Sunday. It was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. He had it all laid out perfect, verse by verse. Had it had a little funny in it. I said, because Tim, you, you, listen, we got too many dry, dead preachers. And I understand we need to preach the Word of God, be instant in season, out of season. I understand that. But some of us preachers have got to get some personality. Amen. I mean, you got to. I don't see, we're not up here to be a comedian. Amen. I'm not up here to be a comedian, to preach God's Word, to lead you closer into the presence of God. That's my job. Because listen, if the Word of God don't affect me before I preach it, then I ain't much of a preacher. And so as Tim did all that, and he brought it, did a great job, and as time went on, he took that test. It come back clear, no MS. But then the second test came back and verified he does have MS. And as I was watching the church last Sunday, as they, Doug said, Tim, come here. And as soon as Tim walked, started walking this way, people were getting up everywhere. The preacher didn't have to say, come on, I need, can, will you come pray, deacon? Will you come pray? Can you come pray? There ain't none of that here. Man, it's when someone's crippled. And they're hurting, and they may have come staggering into church. They made it. They're hurting. Man, we need to get old Tim up by his arms, guys. Come here, Chad. Come here, Will. Y'all, we need to we need to help him up. Get, get that arm. We need to help him to the altar. We need to lift him up in prayer on Sundays and tell him, hey, we're here to edify, to build up, to encourage. We're here. Let, let worship unify us. Let it unify us, church. And they're going to go ahead and pray, and I'm going to preach. This is what church is about. We're just going to let God have His way. Now I'm done. I can already sense it. God said, you don't preach no more. Just be quiet. Let them have it. Praise team, 
Y'all come on. I had another point, but it's not time. Anyone else, as the praise team gets ready, we're going to go right into the altar call here. And we give that every Sunday. The reason we give that is to give you an opportunity to make a decision for Jesus. Amen? There's some here this morning who say, well, most people in this church are probably saved. Could be true, but Billy Graham says 75% of church members are lost today in every church, across the church body, the church as a whole. So that lets me know there's a lot of religious activity going on in the church. But how many are truly worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Listen, it's not about who's sitting beside you. you don't, listen, I never intentionally try to make anybody mad when they come into this church, but I'm going to preach God's truth. We're going to be a worshiping church. I tell people all the time down here when they come in and visit, listen, here at Pleasant Hill, we're not ashamed of Jesus. We're not ashamed to worship. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're not going to apologize for it. Because there's enough churches shutting their doors today, guys, that just sit back and just become stagnant and cold. Do the same old Sunday, but a, just a different verse. Listen, guys, the people in this community, the people in this area, they're looking for something real. They're looking for a man called Jesus that can change their life. They don't want just a good feeling until they get to the car. They want a transformation. And if you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, it's not about going to church. It's not about what member of a church you are. Because when you get to heaven, God's not going to pull up your Baptist membership row. He's going to open up something called the Book of Life. And He's going to look down and see if your name's in blood, in the Lamb's blood, in the Book of Life. Because the blood has been applied to your life. You have invited Him in to be your Lord and Savior. Somewhere. That's what salvation is, church. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved this morning. You may be here this morning and you know you're saved and you feel like the Lord's convicting and moving. Maybe you want to be baptized. Maybe you want to rededicate your heart and your life and your walk to Jesus Christ. Maybe you want to come and and unite with us here what God's doing in this work. I don't know. But I do know that God is in this place this morning. It started back when we started worshiping. His Spirit was here. And so here's what I want you to do as we get ready to stand. You don't worry about what anybody sitting beside you is thinking, the behind you is thinking. Keep the main thing, the main thing this morning, and He'll speak to you. He'll look deep down in the depths of your heart. God's Word's like a two-edged sword. It cuts through all that stuff. And it'll go right to your heart. And it'll speak to you. Let's all stand quietly. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that your Spirit will be in this place this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll change hearts. You'll change lives this morning. Because, Lord, that's why we're here. We're not here to impress. We're not here to uh, make an impression. We're not here to... uh, 
Lord, we're just here to worship the main thing. It's not about big eyes. We need to take all the eyes and put them under this morning and bring our broken hearts and our broken selves to the altar this morning and really worship Him for who He is. If you don't have a prayer request, come and bring your praise report to Him. Come and thank Him for what He's doing in your heart this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Move, continue to move in our church. Continue to move in our community, Lord. Let your spirit be stronger every week as we meet here to worship. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Come this morning as worship with the praise team, whatever you feel led to do. Let's worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords this morning. The Savior say, Thy sheep in David's heart, child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all and love. Jesus, Yeah.